Hi, my name is Amber. I'm a Reiki master and a shamanic practitioner. And this podcast today is on the healing crisis. And just explaining a little bit about it, what it is, how it manifests and how we can navigate our way through it. I suppose the word crisis implies something overwhelming and something that we may not be able to cope with or that we should avoid at all costs. And um, and that's interesting because, in fact, the healing crisis is probably one of the most powerful places that we can ever be in. It's kind of our sweet spot of the healing process. It's when things really start to change for us. It's when we really come to understand what's been going on in us, in our inner world, in our emotions, our thoughts, our our bodies, and we start to make that connection between our emotional bodies and our physical bodies and our mental bodies and our spiritual bodies. So it's a really beautiful place to be. But I guess it can feel like a crisis. It can feel like everything's falling apart. The simplest way then to understand it is that before things can get better, they need to get a little bit worse. Before we can move into that place of healing, health, greater understanding or awareness, we need to move through those parts of us that are less than evolved, that are less than in that place. So we can better understand how we came to be so disconnected in the first place, how we came to be in a space of disease in the first place, dis-ease in the first place. Um, So say you you decide to go for a, a healing session like Reiki or shamanism, and I'm really only going to talk about those two disciplines because those are the two disciplines that I specialize in. But it can apply to anything from massage to acupuncture and onwards. And uh, you go because you want to feel more calm in your life, more peace, for example. You've been experiencing a bit of anxiety and you want to feel more peaceful. So you go along for some sessions and after the first session, say, you feel really peaceful, you feel quite good. You go for the second session and, and you're expecting the same thing, but actually your second session, a few days later, you start to feel really anxious, really angry, really sad, really upset, you know, whatever. These intense emotions start to come up. And then we have that sense of doubt. Well, maybe the healing isn't working. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe the healer's done something to me. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe this is making things worse. But actually what's happening in situations like that, and let's use the anxiety example, is that anything that's been suppressed over a period of weeks, months, years, is coming to the surface to be looked at, acknowledged and let go of. So when we do have chronic conditions, say like anxiety or sleeplessness or headaches or something that we've just had for a very long time, it's often because over a series of years, we have suppressed ourselves in some way. So we haven't spoken our truth, we haven't, uh, we haven't listened to our bodies, um, we haven't acknowledged when we've been in, in situations that have caused anxiety in us, but we've told ourselves, no, just snap out of it. But that emotion needs to go somewhere. An emotion, a thought that we have, doesn't just disappear, it doesn't just dissolve. It goes somewhere. And if it isn't expressed, if it isn't lived out fully, it becomes suppressed and it becomes swallowed almost and, and, and it starts to harbour in our system. And over a period of time, if you imagine that there's a build-up of this energetic residue, eventually it's going to overtake us, deplete us. And when we start the healing process, in a sense, we're taking the lid off that. We're getting all that gunk out and we're saying, well, who are you at your essence when you're not busy suppressing all this stuff, when you're not busy holding on to all this stuff, all this energy that needs to be let go of? A positive way of living one's life, I would suggest, is that 
when we experience something, whether it's sadness or happiness or anger or grief, that we live it out fully. What we tend to do in our societies, in certain societies, because indigenous communities don't live like this, and obviously if you travel to other parts of the world, like the um, the Mediterranean or, or the Middle East, you'll see that people live out their emotions very fully on the whole. Mass generalization. So let's not let's not get caught up in the story of mass generalizations. But on the whole, it's quite a westernized concept that we 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 somehow manage our emotions because we want to appear to be polite or genteel or civilized. And and the thoughts of actually letting go of our rage or our sadness or our grief and not being civilized about it makes us barbaric, and we run away from the very thing that might make us seem like we're less than human. But in fact, what happens is we end up living a quite a desensitized life because we're not experiencing that emotion, that, that um, sensation to its fullest. And because we're not doing that, it's never fully released. And people often want to release, uh, you know, I want to release my pain or I want to release the grief of the past, but they don't want to actually experience it again. And we do live in a society where we're quite desensitized often from our emotions. And we do have an expectation that we can take a pill or listen to a meditation um, and, and not have to go through the process ourselves, but that something else will, will short circuit it all for us. And we will be left feeling better without having had to go through that process or experience those emotions again. It's understandable why we would not want to do that because obviously they were pretty painful in the first place, so why would we want to revisit them? However, we revisit them to live them fully to release them. And when we release them, we make room for more good stuff to come into our lives, hopefully. Um, and we, al we allow ourselves that space to, to be authentic. And often the very thing that can cause a sickness is living an inauthentic life. Pretending to be someone for our boss, pretending to be someone for our families, for our partners, for our friends. And it's, and it's this suppression of our authenticity, whatever our, whatever our authenticity is, that can cause us um, disease, dis-ease in some way. So part of the healing crisis as such is that we go back to those emotions to release them. And once we've released them, then we know that they're gone for good because we've fully experienced them. But this is why when we're going through that process, it can feel really intense and it can feel never ending. And we can sometimes lose our way or feel as if we're losing our way during that process. You know, we can feel as if things are getting worse and they're never going to get better. The thing to remember about the healing crisis then or the process that one goes through is that it, it is a process. So say you went for your Reiki sessions or your healing sessions and by the second session all this stuff started coming up. If you really honoured that coming up, you know, really sat with that grief, anger, joy, sadness, passion, whatever it is that came up in you, really acknowledged it, released it through crying, perhaps through movement, through journaling, um, through exercise, whatever, found a way to release it in a healthy way to a point where you felt you'd released it, then by the time you went for your next session you could actually start to fill yourself up with some of that positive energy, that better energy. And that better energy, in a sense, could start to come into your body because now you've made space for it. There wasn't space for it before because you're busy holding on to all these emotions from the past. Which is why we go through the process. We can't, it's, it's like, um, you know, you want to you fill up a, you want to fill a jug up with some really nice fresh lemonade that you've made. You know that it's it's going to taste great and everyone's really going to enjoy it. But the only jug that you've got is full of this old, murky, 
mouldy water because no one's washed this jug out in a really long time. And you don't want to clear the jug out. You don't want to get your hands dirty. You're trying to find a way. How can I empty this jug? Can I, how can I put the, the really nice lemonade in but not let it get contaminated by this mouldy water? And there is no shortcut. You're going to have to empty out that jug, get your hands in, get them a bit dirty, wash off the dirt, wash out the jug, and put the good stuff in. And that's basically what we do with ourselves on an energetic level. It's what we do with our emotions, our thoughts, and our bodies. So often people will go on detoxes or diets or fasts to cleanse themselves. And we seem to have accepted this in everyday society. You know, people go on retreats to cleanse themselves. People follow certain diets, certain... Um, you know, new fads that come out about how to cleanse your body to have a clear body. But it's exactly the same thing when it comes to our thoughts, our emotions and our spiritual beliefs. And yet for some reason, when it is about those very things, we seem to have a tendency to run away from that. We'll, we'll go to the 10-day the, the detox uh, in the mountains, but we won't sit for 10 days in silent meditation and really look at our stuff, our emotions, all those things that we've thought about, people said about people, wanted to do, felt about ourselves, said about ourselves. We won't go there. We'll look for a shortcut. The honest answer is there is no shortcut to living an authentic life. However, there are shortcuts to living an inauthentic life. And that, that is always one's choice. I believe if you're here on this planet, you've incarnated, you've traveled all this way, you've come into such a dense physical existence you've endured all the traumas of just growing up just being in a physical body just living day to day then why not do your very best to live an authentic life instead of living a life that is inauthentic or that is half a life and for me not living in one's truth is about living half a life so if there is a sickness brewing in us if there are emotions that we haven't looked at if there was a separation you know if we're angry at our parents angry at our partners angry at our, our siblings, angry at our co-workers, but we don't want to look at that stuff. Instead, we're going to go to a nice workshop and, and focus on the love. For me, that's, that's complete nonsense. There's absolutely no point just focusing on the love if we're not looking at everything in us that is the absence of love. And piling on more love is not going to take away the part of us that is living in the space of absence of love. And I just go back to that that image of the jug, you know, having that great lemonade, but pouring it into a mouldy container, a mouldy jug full of contaminated water is not going to do anything. It's, 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 it's an empty ritual. It's an, it's an inauthentic way of being. So for me, the healing crisis is the sweetest point of a healing, and I love it when it comes up in sessions, I love it when it comes up in me. It's not to say that it's easy, of course it's challenging, but you know that once you get through this process, you've really, you've really given yourself a good clear out, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically. And then there's so much space for the great stuff to come in. And I suppose around that it's worth considering one's expectations around healing. For me, healing isn't about job done. You know, we don't we don't go for a healing and then that's it, our lives are complete forever. We don't look to others to rescue us. We don't go to ceremonies and look to be rescued or have all the answers given to us instantly. The healing happens the moment you leave your healer or that ceremony or that workshop. It's how you incorporate and integrate everything that you may have learnt or any information that you may have been given or any healing that may have been channeled into you into your everyday life. 
It's about the changes that you make in your everyday life. What do you say yes to? What do you say no to? It's about the way that you start to honour yourself. It's about how you view yourself and the world and the planet that we live in and how interconnected you feel to the world that we live in. We can go to all the workshops in the world and we can do all the mantras in the world, but if we still feel that there is a disconnection between, say, the, the country in which you live and, and another country halfway across the world, then there's absolutely no point to doing work like this. The whole point is that it opens us up to the interconnectedness of life. And when we see that, when we see through the illusion, when we see how, how connected everything is, how we need each other to live and sustain then we can start to live a truly empowered existence on this planet, where we live in harmony with each other and in ourselves, and with the land. Anything apart from that is nonsense. It's inauthentic. It's fake. It may seem easier and more convenient and more palatable, but it isn't the truth of the work. And there is great work to be done at these times, in these times, there are great shifts that need to happen within all of us. So we stop focusing simply on what is in our comfort zone or uh, focusing on quick results. So we look beyond the surface because there is so much more to our existence than just the surface. And the healing crisis, if truly honoured, is about taking us to the very deepest parts of who we are. And once you have touched the very depth of who you are, you will be better placed to see it in others. And then you will be better placed not to judge others. Because you won't just accept what they're showing you on a surface level. You'll really be able to take in another and understand their actions, their pain, their joy, their expectations because you will have gone to that place in yourself. But until we go to that place in, ourself, in ourselves, we're unable to see that in others. And we'll forever be just integrate, interacting with others through masks, through characters. And again, that's inauthentic. So, in a nutshell, the healing crisis strikes when we are on a process of healing of self-discovery. And it can sometimes manifest as a lot of emotions coming up or a lot of thoughts buzzing around our heads or physical sensations. We can sometimes get flu-like symptoms or vomiting or diarrhea or something that feels like a fever. But actually, there's no pathology for it. You know, there's no reason why we should be feeling all these things. And it will usually clear up between 24 to 48 hours. But we're clearing. And it's the sense of we're clearing. And as long as we don't resist that clearing, so as long as we don't clamp down the emotions or you know, take a pill to, to lessen the physical symptoms, as long as we honour what's going on in our bodies and in our minds and in our hearts and in our spirits, then it will pass relatively easily, depending on what needs shifting and clearing in you at that time. And the most important thing is to get rest, drink lots of water, um, be good to yourself, be gentle with yourself and honour and, and honor what's coming up for you physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually and have give thanks for it you know, how great to have that opportunity to clear, to heal, to let go and know that the deeper you go into that letting go the further you can go in terms of what you'll be able to connect to and the more true love, unconditional love you can bring into your life I could talk for hours about the healing crisis and uh, and its power and all it all it brings up. I like to remember um I remember growing up and reading the um the fable of um of Pandora's box and 
all this stuff's coming out of the box, you know, there's anger and sadness and grief, all these really painful emotions. And just when you want to give up, just when you want to shut that box and say, I can't do this anymore, you hear the still voice of hope, which makes it all okay, which is that that new day, that new dawn. And I believe that when we really, really do the work, really honour it, don't pay lip service to it, but truly honour it, we go through a similar process. And it usually is when we just want to shut it all down and say, I've had enough, that that still voice of hope will come out and things will change. And so if you are on that journey, if you feel like you're going through a healing crisis, maybe lots of things are shifting for you right now, changing, lots of emotions are coming up for you, then the the, the best Mm, the best advice I can give is to just really honour that, follow it, trust it, and see the beauty in it, and know that in time, and when the time is right, it shall pass, it shall clear, and there shall be hope at the end. There is always light at the end of that seemingly perceived tunnel. So wherever you may be in your journeys, I wish you well. I wish you joy, I wish you holding and healing. And until the next time, so it is and so it shall be.